everyone, it is Jesse and Liz of S-Talk, and we'd like to welcome you to episode four of our podcast. Um, so for today's podcast, we're going to diverge a little bit, and uh, our today's topic is friendships, foes, and fallouts. I'm a big fan of alliteration. Um, and today's topic is actually going to be a little bit about adult friendships. Um, I've been thinking recently, as a wise 31-year-old, <laughs> soon to be 32-year-old, and just kind of reevaluating. Um, you know, just the state of adult friendships and how much they've changed within the last 10 years, five years, and even in the last two years. Uh, sometimes, like, I feel like there are big milestones in life that really act as a catalyst for how friendships might change. And on that note, we kind of thought a little bit about, well, you know, how do weddings um, as a milestone influence your friendship groups? Uh, because I find that at least the weddings that I've been two over the past couple years or the weddings that I've been in really help bring to light, you know, what the state of your friendship is uh, with those closest to you and those in like your concentric outer circles, etc. Sometimes it really helps friendships that, you know, that you've had for years really grow and blossom and just, you know, reach that new level. Sometimes it just kind of makes people, I don't know, it, Kind of helps people reevaluate. You know, are they really my friend? Um, and sometimes some of these like milestones, like weddings, might help bring to light friendships that perhaps have you know gone away or they just like organically, naturally ended for whatever reason. So that's our topic today. So now I'd like to ask my lovely co-host Liz, who by the way is sitting in a jumpsuit while it's like forty degrees outside here in Toronto right now. It's so hot. She looks cool as a cucumber. Um, so and I'm going to ask conditioning. Her, love the AC that's blasting. I don't think you guys can hear that on the podcast right now. Anyway, so I wanted to ask Liz because she recently has been through a couple, or she's been to a couple weddings and she had her wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask, you know, through the context of the last couple of years and going through your wedding, did you feel like you, these mm -hmm. instances changed or kind of made you think about some of your friendships? Yes, like I mean, for for me, when it came to my my wedding, um, I invited those that were like closest to me. Right, because um, that's kind of usually the first thing you think about if yeah. you're a wedding. It's like, hey, I gotta invite some friends. Who are my friends? Well, and that's the thing. And I I think we talked about the last podcast. I kind of had um, certain ground rules where, you know. If I had seen or interacted with them in some form of like, um, you know, intimate setting or something like that, there, there was a connection within the past two years, they, they were invited. That was kind of my, my benchmark. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's kind of how I felt that those were the type of people I should have invited. And so as we talk about some of the, the friendships that, I've seen some weddings where there are couples where, you know, they got all their friends to help out and, I, and they were all like super happy and super enthusiastic to help out. And I was like, wow, like these are friends, these are friends, right? Like they're not just yeah. Facebook friends. Yeah. They're not just like, oh yeah, we work together yeah. kind of friends. Like these are actually friends when they, you know, put like pedal to the metal yeah. and they actually help out. So, I mean... Again, why we kind of keen to this topic was how milestones like really help for help act as catalysts for friendships. And I mean, the first time I remember making like a crap ton of friends was first year university, yeah. 
and it was frosh week and I'm sure many of you guys can relate where you get you either get sent away to school or you get dumped into frosh week within your city and you're like hey here's 20 people that are now like living with you and they're your friends and it's like boom instant friends and there's like hey there's like 50 people who you now go to class with and you see six hours a day boom instant friends um and then guess what hopefully you graduate sometimes people go on to grad school sometimes people um, move out of the city um and there's kind of like this shift that happens like right after university um, or college and then guess what another shift happens a little bit later Mm -hmm. uh so Sometimes when this shift happens in your late 20s and 30s, I feel like weddings really kind of like bring this out. And some friendships, I feel, as a result of weddings can really blossom. Maybe some of the friends that you had maybe um, lost contact with, they moved back to the city. And you're like, hey, you're back from Romania. That's a shout out to Steph. You're back from Romania. We can be friends again. And you just see each other often. Um, I remember one time thinking, oh, my God. I think I really need some more friends. And then it kind of made me realize, well, who are my friends? And maybe I need to reach out to them more. And sometimes it just happens organically. And and on that note, I find that as you get older, it's harder to make new friends because everyone just has their own social circle. For sure. Um, A, so that's hard to even just tap into certain groups. And then B, on another note, it's just hard to, I find it so hard to just keep up with people now. or, Or generically, maybe like... I think when it comes to communication, we are also used to just sending a text mm-hmm. to to someone mm-hmm. um, where it's more like you're asking a question or, or it's very, like, I, I can't remember the last time someone has sent a text to me and be like, hey, Joyce, how are you doing? So I used to do that and yeah. people, I think, thought it was a little bit weird. That's the thing. Here's the thing. And I thought if someone said, and then I was like, yeah, because if someone said to me, be like, that's weird. What do you want? Yeah, what it's do you like, want? It's like, usually someone sends you a message when you haven't talked to them. It's like, okay, what do you need from me? Do you need $5,000? Do you need a yeah. kidney? What is it exactly? Which I find so weird because, you know, if you think back in um, in high school when we used to, like, whatever, MSN or talk with people, it would have been, like, think of it as, like, open office hours, right? Like, you yeah. set yourself, you're like, I am available for this, you know, whatever, hour, two-hour time frame, and then people just message you, like, hey, so. Right. Do you remember logging onto MSN Messenger or whatever or ICQ after school and then just being like, okay, I'm just going to hang out and my status is available. Yes. Or it could be like, do not disturb. It's secretly you wanted people yeah. to disturb. And then people just randomly message you. Like, yeah. Hey, I, uh, what's up? Or yeah. no, no. And sorry, then nothing much. You. Nothing much. <laughs> you? Question mark? Right? Like, I don't think like it doesn't really happen anymore no. in our age. No. Because, but then you think about, would it be weird? Well, I mean, this is for our listeners to think, okay, somebody messages you out of the blue and you haven't talked to them in a year. Yeah. What's like your first instinct? Um, I mean, I guess it could be for a variety of reasons. Sometimes like, oh, maybe they're getting married and they want to like reach out to me. Yeah. And again, this goes back to the idea of the wedding acting as a catalyst saying, hey, I think we're friends, right? Do you want to come to my wedding? Awkward dot, dot, dot. Um, but I don't know. I think sometimes friendships just naturally kind of stagnate. And if you haven't reached out to them in a while, yeah. that's okay. Things happen for a variety of reasons. It's not like, I think in these scenarios, it's not like you don't like the person. You just see the person less for, for a variety of reasons. And that's the thing. Like maintaining friendships is, it's hard work. Like there, there needs to be commitment from yeah. like both, both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Friendship is this two way street, man. Yeah. 
it's I I struggle sometimes with wanting to initiate right and like yeah trying to plan things and saying hey we're gonna we're all gonna meet up on Friday at 6 p.m. at this place versus sometimes just saying hey um if you're really my friend don't you think you should be initiating some of this as well so it's a struggle between wanting to be friends but at the same time like having a little bit of self-respect mm-hmm. for exactly. yourself too exactly. you know yeah and I mean the I guess the third scenario and how adult friendships like change in this like later part of our life is Sometimes friendships just end. Yeah. Right. So, question, Liz. Mm-hmm. Have you had any friendships that just kind of, like, ended organically or intentionally over, I don't know, let's say within the last couple of years? Um, I mean, like, I can speak from my personal yeah. experience. Like, I, there have been friendships where I paused and I said, you know what? I don't think this friendship is really working for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think, like, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. But also, people just naturally grow apart, right? Like, you you start to really come into, like, being okay with who you are. You're like, you know what? Maybe I am a little, I don't know, needy, but that's who I am. And I need to find a friendship that works for me. And if that person isn't able to be there for me, it ends. Yeah. And I think, well, for me, I think it. I'm fortunate enough that I don't think it has happened over the last couple of years probably due to the fact that I lack a lot of friendships that, that could be an, that could be a thing but I will I think I do have a story of um a friendship a friendship a friendship that um kind of faded or or ended um due to circumstances at a wedding so we can definitely bring that up after juicy juicy um and yeah so friendships end it's okay. We're human. We can't like each other all the time. And sometimes friendships grow apart and then they come back together, right? Like, I've had friendships where people moved apart, you didn't talk to them for a couple of years. It's not like you didn't like them, but it just kind of ended. And then they come back into your life and they resurface. So, how, I guess this goes back to your question of weddings. I mean, and how do weddings really make you reevaluate your friendship? Um, so the first thing that comes to my mind, which you were going to talk about, was like your wedding party. Mm-hmm. You get first thing I think you do when you get engaged is you kind of think about I don't know like how early did you start thinking about your wedding party? Um, Spoiler: I was Liz's maid of honor. That's right. Um, like like it's one. Truthfully, I knew before I even got engaged because you kind of have to like you do the work and you. Do you do you start thinking about it like bef- like even before? Yeah, like, I mean, for me, maybe it was a no-brainer. I truthfully don't have many female friends, so or friends in oh, general, as I'm alluding. Remember you told me the story about how your mom said, Liz, don't forget, and when, she, when you were younger, you need to have some female friends. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so since I was, I don't know, like, ninth, like, from high school all the way to my, like, university, like, most of my friends have been, like, males. And my mom was always, like, telling me, she's like, Joyce, you need to have female friends. Otherwise, who's going to go and be, like, your bridesmaids? Like, she actually said that. And my response was, like, why can't I have men in my bridal party? It's it's hard to explain that to Asian moms, yeah. I guess. So, But I get it. Like, I, I, I get, like, you know, friendships with women are very different than than friendships with men and a lot of times even friendships with men like like truthfully they they kind of fade away when it's like a female male um relationship I find as you grow older yeah do you like 
And why is that, do you think? You know what, it's, uh, it's, maybe it's the optics of it, you know? Like, you get just, married, you know, each of you get married, or each of you have been in a, like, are in a relationship, so you kind of devote your time with your partner. I mean, I feel like this is going to cause some area of contention for some of our listeners. Yeah. Though I, 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 I'm inclined to agree, um, because you're right, it's sometimes it's like the optics of having close opposite gender friendship yeah right and like i i mean this is probably a different topic for another podcast but i i don't think men and women can be just friends and i'm sure many of you will be like oh i have a platonic friendship it would never go like that but i think it's maybe not impossible i think it's really hard for for men and women to be just friends anyways so your wedding party did not have any males no, my wedding party did not. Well, yeah, my my side of the wedding party did not have any males. Who was in your wedding party? What did you tell everybody? It was you. Yes. Uh, and then um, my friend from childhood. Yes. And then another close friend from, I guess, university. I guess university yeah. slash a yeah. general friend. It was group. just the, I guess it was just the four of us. So it was, it was nice. Kept it small. I've seen wedding parties where, I swear, I think I was in Chicago and um, we counted, I think there were like there were definitely like 10 or 11 uh, bridesmaids like I find it hard sometimes because I think wedding party equates to your closest friend group yeah and I don't know if that line can be drawn which is hard because in a wedding party you have to draw a line you can't have 30 of your closest friends up there with well you could but I I, I don't even know what you would call that anymore yeah. it's not a wedding party it's like Wedding, it's a play. A wedding play. <laughs> Everyone's, everyone Everybody's invited. Everybody yeah. has a role. Right? Like, wedding party equals your closest friends. But I think sometimes telling people you're my friend and you're not as close as maybe I thought we were can sometimes be a little bit hurtful. Um, it, it, it just gets messy. Right? So... Uh, so I think that's also why I think I've decided that when, when I get married, I'm not going to have a wedding party because I I don't know. I Maybe I'm just weak emotionally. I don't think it would be easy for me to tell people I like you, but not enough that you're going to be standing next to me. Yeah. Because I, I value so many of my friendships that I would never want anybody to ever feel like they didn't matter to me. It's true. And then, you know, one person, I think I told um, about... Uh, someone about your your decision not to have a wedding party and someone was like wouldn't you be like insulted that you weren't a bridesmaid because she was your like favorite? and I was like no like if anything like, oh, truthfully th- I'm like that's fine like, <laughs> easy like true? I still help like, out like so my cousin um she she kind of ran into this similar situation where she had been many people's maid of honor she's yeah. so popular um so she'd been many people's maid of honor and she didn't know what to do so she was like I've been in like so many bridal parties. I've been a maid of honor and I still have other best friends and I would want to be my wedding party. So she's like, I don't think I can like logistically do this without causing big headache and stress and just complicated emails to everyone. So she's like, I'm not going to have a wedding party. Yeah. And that's great. I think that's a good decision. So that's my little bit. Anyways, um, other ways that weddings make you reevaluate your friendships. Yeah. And that goes to kind of deciding, hey, who maybe is in my wedding party, but like who can help and who can be a part of my special day mm-hmm. and who can help me honestly on the day that's probably super stressful. Everybody's looking at you and you have to look flawlessly doing it. Yes. So, um, and I can add like two points to that. So when it came to my wedding, my 
number one concern was I I didn't want to burden my friends or my family to help out. You know, you kind of burdened us. <laughs> we were like, honestly, there were times when I'm just sitting and I'm like, I feel like I could be your better help right now. Well, that's the thing. I wanted my guests as much as they can to enjoy the wedding, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, especially my, like, especially the wedding party. Like if you're spending the whole day with us, like take some time to enjoy it, right? And have some downtime, spend some time with your, your date, um, that were like, that were probably just kind of hanging out by themselves mm-hmm. while we were all taking photos or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that, you know, I am totally forever grateful to are, um, the MCs at, at mm-hmm. my wedding uh, and their um, their wives who truthfully helped out. Like the MCs, like I felt um, I felt guilty so bad for asking them because they they like I made the work. Right? I think that's the thing is sometimes like you need friends close enough yes. that need to go to work for you. Yes. Without really, I guess it's kind of a thankless job. Yeah. Like so, I made the like. Here's the thing. It, it wasn't even a typical, like, wedding MC where they, you know, they just got up a few times, like, said a bunch of things. Like, I, they pretty much hosted a video game party, like, after my wedding, which was amazing. So, you know, shout out to John, Alvin, um, Vanessa, and Vic for totally just helping me out. And that was amazing because, and I felt so bad as the wedding was going on, I was like, shoot like they're not having enough time to eat they're, they're not, not having time to just relax yeah, and take pictures yeah. and just like do normal exactly exactly um by the way to the group that shout out that you know just i mentioned you guys did a great job you and did. honestly it's like dude you guys didn't have to do this yeah but you did and again i think that just speaks to being a good friend when you have to when your friend asks you to step up yeah and it was it was amazing like they were the perfect mcs for it um, I chose not to, you know, we had a decision where you think about, do you have an MC who can speak both English and Cantonese for like my family? Um, you know, my sister-in-law, they hired like a <laughs> professional MC, uh, but I would have been like, mm, like we, like, you know, my husband and I, we talked about it and we were just like, mm, no, uh, Mainly because, I guess for me as a control freak, like, I would have wanted to vet every single thing that MC would say. I'm just, like, trying to figure out in your head mentally who you went through um, to be like, okay, who would be a good MC, who would be engaging, can speak properly, and bonus, can speak Cantonese. It's a small number of friends. It's a small number of friends. And because the, the culture of Cantonese, like, you know, it's, it's quite different. Like, I've seen, um... MCs um, who are hosting like Cantonese weddings like in the past where they I don't I think it's a culture thing like they would have said some things that would have been you know mildly racist mildly homophobic like little you know things like that that were little jokes for that, the record your MCs were not they any were of, not any of no these not well yes no no not at all whereas I would feel uncomfortable because that's not like I wouldn't want any of that which is why I've been like I would have wanted to vet every single thing that MC would have said like that's a fair point right because your friends who are your MCs or are in your wedding party they they're a reflection of you exactly to some point right like they are standing up there with you and they're a reflection to all like the aunties and uncles who haven't seen you and you're like hey these are my people and like pretty much this is me and for people that who haven't seen you or even met you before you probably will pass some judgment right yeah on who the mc is etc and you're like oh now i understand why they're friends yeah right 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was one point about like the friends, uh, you know, my aspect was I wanted my friends to enjoy it as much as they can and to not have to lift the finger if they did not have to. Well, thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. And shout out to those yeah. of us who also went out and got McDonald's that oh, day. It's amazing. At like 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Special request. And then on another aspect, like I've seen a wedding where like the friends like completely helped out. Like they were, and I saw that they were super enthusiastic to, to do it. Like they were helping... Um, you know, doing, uh, what do you call it, like, putting the, uh, not loot bags, but what is, oh, the wedding favors on the tables and everything helping set up, and I was like, wow, this couple is, like, super popular, that they have friends who were not in the wedding party helping out, like, super close friends. And I've done it for a friend, too, yeah. and I think it's because sometimes, like, we do it because, you're like, oh, man, this is probably, again, one of the most stressful days of mm-hmm. your life, and you know, like, we just want to be there for you and just as, like, an act of charity. Yeah. Right? So, like, I could be sitting at home watching Real Housewives of Atlanta, which I actually don't watch anymore, or I could be helping my friend, like, put wedding favors together, which will probably take, like, an hour, two hours of my life, but I know it's important and I'll do it. Right? You don't do it because you like it. You do it because it's important. Yeah. And it depends on who the friend is, I think. Like, if it's a close friend, I'm like, 100%, I will be there. I will help you out, like, throughout the day if you need it. Um, where I think I had issues was when I was, like, voluntold to do it by, like, either, like, a family member or something like that. You know, ah, you know those voluntold. Whereas I'm like, A, I don't even know the bride and the groom. Why? A, why am I forced to come to this wedding and be why why am I helping out with like these random people I don't know who are getting married so that's funny you should say that because I've been asked to be a bridesmaid and I've said I remember this yeah actually on two occasions like on one occasion I actually was just going through a really stressful time in life and I was like I, I, I was like, I don't have the mental bandwidth to, like, be somebody's support in a couple of weeks' time. I was also asked, like, closer to the wedding date. And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. Like, I want to support you. You're a nice person. But I don't have the mental bandwidth to do this right now. Because it's also, it takes a lot of just physical and mental being yeah. there for someone to yeah. be in their wedding party as well. And be in their photos. And be in their photos forever. And I think, this, to be perfectly honest, the second wedding that I was asked to be in I just don't think I was that close enough with this person that it somehow felt wrong to be in her wedding party. And I know that sounds like a little weird, but I was like, I, I wouldn't want people to ask me, I get like, we, 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 we went far back, right? But I don't know, something inside me just said, this doesn't feel right. So I said, because of the distance and it was a destination wedding, I was like, you know, I mean, I, I can't be sure that I'll make it for that, so I think it'd be better if you found somebody else. And I tried to, like, keep it as simple and diplomatic as that. Uh, but deep down, I was like, I don't know. There was just something in it that said, I don't feel like I should be allowed to stand up there with you because I actually don't think I'm as close to you as you are to me. I don't know, right? And this is, again, what weddings bring out in people. Yeah. It's like, are we really, like, tier one friends? Yeah. Or are we more like tier seven friends? <laughs> and I felt like a tier seven. Um... All right, so we've talked about wedding party, we've talked about people who help out the day of, God bless your hearts. And for those of you who have ever planned a bachelor, bachelorette, an engagement party, or have attended any one of these glorious events, this is another kind of like pause for couples to say, okay, we have to invite friends to this. Who are our friends? 
and who are our family. And for your bachelorette, Liz, mm-hmm. I forget how many people did we invite? I think we invited like nine, nine, ten, something like that. Yeah, like, including us. Yeah, it was about nine. Um, and then I think it was six of us, six or seven of us. Yeah, seven, I think so. For the, yeah, because two people, two people couldn't make it. That's right. Yeah, right. So it, this is also kind of like a weird topic because. You're allowed to invite a couple more people, but then it's like, instead of just your immediate wedding party, now you expand your circle just a little bit more out, and you're like, okay, who else is, like, super close to me that I want to invite to my bachelorette party? Yeah, and that's funny, because my, um, my, like, Alex didn't understand the concept of his bachelor party, so he was like, um, I think at first he was like, okay, we're like, who are you going to invite? He's like, oh, my wedding, like, the groomsmen, that's it. And, and you could. You could. You totally could. Yeah. But then I don't think he realized that I invited more than just the bridesmaids. Right. So then they could be- I mean, that's like typically tradition. Yeah. But you could invite, you're right, just like oh, yeah. the immediate bridal party. Yeah. Right? You could. That's absolutely fine. It's who you choose to spend your own party with. So on the note of bachelorettes, I have a juicy story. Well, not a juicy story. I have a story I'd like to share with everybody. And I think this goes to the point that weddings can make people grow together in weird ways and they can really kind of like suss out or magnify some of the cracks that may have already existed in friendships. And maybe just were never like you couldn't see it before or they were there and it just made them all the more apparent. Um, So I have a friend and I'm going to call her Anne and she was invited to be in a bachelorette Um, for a glamorous destination wedding. So in your mind, this could be Miami, this could be New York, this could be Vegas. I'm not going to say it, just to keep the privacy of this person. Um, So Anne was invited to be um, in a bachelorette at a destination, glamorous um, destination place. And um, for one, I thought it was amazing that Anne and all the people at the bachelorette were footing the bill for this girl. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, man, you've got to be really good to pony up at least like thousand dollars probably of your own cash so this was like flight and hotel flight hotel food gifts um and just like fun little like things here and there right Right. you're like oh let's take that let's do that and then you pay like 20 bucks i don't know here's the thing is it a standard thing or no or do you have to really like i think the expectation and this is from like the three destination bachelorettes yeah um is that yeah it's typically customary to help pay for as much as you can for the bride so, because you guys did that for me, and I was like, "That's this right, is amazing." That's right. But can you imagine going like somewhere further away? Yeah, with the flight and I the hotel. Know. That's ex- right? that that gets up there. So she forked over a thousand of her own, and she forked over some of her friends. But like the bachelorette started to take a little bit of a sour turn, um, and from what I understand, I think it had to do with actually different expectations. So they had planned this like fun bachelorette, but the bride had a different idea of what she wanted to do instead. She wanted to do more clubs. She wanted to do more, like, glamorous stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think she sounded like she was very appreciative of, mm-hmm. like, the planning um, of what they had already, like, set out there. So she was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this instead. Now, did she know what the plan was before? Or was it more going to be like, oh, it's a surprise. Like, I think she probably knew a couple of things, okay. but maybe not all. Because it yeah. has to be a little bit of a surprise yeah. to some degree. Right? Yeah. You wanted it to be, like, fun and... Like, off the cuff. So, um, I think it started to cause a little bit of a sour mood when the bride wasn't appreciative of, like, all the planning they had done to go so far. Um, they went to a very expensive restaurant, and it just 
they were rushed through it. There were a lot of small things that added up. But I think one of the things when I heard the story that really stuck out to me was that the bride's sister came along too, who was younger. Okay. And the bride's younger sister didn't pay for anything as well. Oh. Said she couldn't. So all the people in the bachelorette, like who else attended, had, had to, to pay for up. her as well. Oh my god. And this was like an unexpected thing. Yeah. The bride herself never offered to cover anything. The sister never offered to cover everything. And I think a lot of this really left a sour taste in Anne's mouth. And she was like, you know what? Do I really want to be friends with someone who puts me through this? Yeah. Right? Like, do I want to be friends with somebody who makes me, like, not feel um, appreciated for all the things, for all the planning that I did for this bachelorette, who made me pay all this money for her sister, who never even, like... And especially gave me any like advance notice that I had before over. She she forked over a couple grand for like a weekend at a destination bachelorette. That's that's bananas because like, like she paid for her first sister's flight too. Yeah, like and I think I can't remember the story exactly, but she paid for some of like the stuff that she bought off cuff like oh well, while shopping. Oh god! I mean, imagine I did that to you. I think you'd probably kill me. Yeah, or I'd be like, well, I just think it would be so out of character for you. Yes. To do that. And I think that's kind of the surprising, sad part to this whole story, is that people you thought you knew, you know, sometimes things like this can really be, like, I don't know, like a turning point. Yeah. So she hasn't spoken to her friend um, who got married. Like, Anne hasn't spoken to her friend in a long time. And that's really sad, considering how long they have been friends for, how close they were. And it was, like, the bachelorette that was a turning point. Do you think it was like, okay, after the wedding, like, that's it. I'm going to have to take a step back and almost, reevaluate this friendship. It's like, almost like you have to put up a happy front up until the point of the yeah. wedding. And you smile for the photos. And then you, like, wish the bride and the groom well. And then you disappear. Right? So it's funny how sometimes, like, everyone puts up this big glamorous front for a wedding. And then there's the afterbirth. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God. The after-wedding afterbirth, when everybody kind of takes, like, a big sigh. Okay, now what, right? Like, do you still stay in touch with all these people that maybe you had been texting hourly or daily before? I don't know. (laughs) So, okay, so going back to the story I was going to share, so I think this is the appropriate spot to share the story now. Speaking of... um, I'm ready. After-wedding (laughs) afterbirths. By the way, speaking of afterbirth, you guys should all check out um, oh James Vanderbeek slash Dawson from Dawson's Creek, his Instagram, and the picture of oh him God. with his wife's placenta. I can't remember how many children they've had. This is their fifth. This is their fifth. And yeah. there's a picture of... And it was James a home birth. Va- it was a home birth. There's a picture of James Vanderbeek with his children, and he's like holding a placenta. Yeah, and like... Nah. Anyway. Sorry. Well, the placenta was in a bowl. He was holding the baby. And I feel like... I just can't get that picture out of my head, and I've no, tried. No, it was, it was quite graphic. Um, anyway, <laughs> the story that I was going to... That I am going to share. So this... Um, I'm trying to be, you know, detailed, but also delicate around this. Okay, so I went to a wedding, um, and this is where the... The best man um, and his girlfriend at the time, they were both at the the wedding party. Um, But this is where the situation ended up, uh, where where it kind of got a little weird. Because also at the wedding, um, the the bride and groom stayed 
you know, relatively close friends with um, the ex-girlfriend of the best man. Okay. So she was invited um, oh. to the wedding. Awkward. Um, so, and, but the, I think the bride and the groom did the appropriate thing by texting um, the each, best. yeah, the best man to say, hey, FYI, so-and-so is, is going to be there. Are you okay? And they texted the ex-girlfriend. And then they texted the ex-girlfriend saying, hey, by the way, you know, FYI, so-and-so is going to be there. You're going to have the issue. Um, so, you know, the bride took the ex-girlfriend and the groom obviously texted Did they the sit close to each other? No, no, because like the, because the ex-girlfriend wasn't in the wedding party, right? Right. So, so anyway... Um, the bride texts back, and, like, the ex-girlfriend comes back. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Like, it's your wedding. Like, you know, this, like, it's your day. Do not stress out about these things. Um, and then, you know, the bride's like, okay, perfect. That's amazing. Thank you. And then the best man, like, apparently it was just, I think it was, like, a super awkward response. Like, it was like, dot, 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 okay, dot, dot, dot. So like, it sounds like he didn't want yes, her there, but he yes. couldn't say... I don't want her there exactly because you know he's supposed to be a supportive friend exactly um so anyway like the day comes and then apparently so the best man's at um like the you know the altar at the front and then he, um I think the bride's brother was also in the wedding party and then um the ex-girlfriend was there but apparently the groom was saying to like the um the bride's brother's like that's my ex-girlfriend like while they were standing like up at the altar and like i guess like the bride's like brother was like okay like why are you telling me this at this moment but um anyway apparently it clearly had an effect on this best man um to the point where you know apparently the friendship really faded right between sorry the friendship between the bride and the groom and the best man had apparently faded right after the wedding like just because of this one like, well we su- like like i mean i think the you know circumstances were that i we no one knows whether like that was but that's so sad because like he was close enough to be the best man yeah which i find so sad right um also i from a i don't know like a quote-unquote personal PR perspective, the best man was, like, one up on the situation. Like, this is how it went down. The best man, his girlfriend, was also part of the wedding party. So it's not like he was alone. So he was clearly at the advantage of being closer to the couple, one. And then the second was, like, the the ex-girlfriend actually came alone to the wedding. Oh. Um, which was, like, hats off to her. That's she, pretty respectful. She did. She was so classy. She did such an amazing job. She talked to, like, the parents and, like, the grandparents of, like, the bride and the groom. She was... And everyone obviously kind of knew who she was, Oh, right? I, like, I don't know. It, you know what? It wasn't, actually. Um, or kind of, in a sense. Like, I knew her, so I, you know, I just spoke to her a little bit. But, like... Like, props to her, though, for just It was amazing. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, A, you had the balls to show up um, on your own to a wedding uh, where you knew full well your... Um, your ex was there along with his current partner and she like she aced it man like she came out looking so awesome and in my head I'm like the groom like he had he had all the advantage and he blew it like it's just so sad I I was I don't know it's like can you imagine let's just say the couple eloped never had a wedding yeah would like would their friendship have changed I don't know 
like well that's the thing we we like they don't know what this turning point is but they assume it had to do that because of his behavior at the wedding Mm. right like which i find ridiculous in a sense why would you as a grown adult man who's you know moved on and is in a relationship with another person behave that way at your you know pretty much your best friend's wedding why didn't you put up a front? Like, I don't know why. It boggles my mind. Like, maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe, but like, I don't know. Anyway, that was my story. <laughs> I don't know how all these stories make me feel. It's like, it's just all very sad, right? Because I always wonder, at least in my mind, well, what would happen, like I said, if the couple eloped? Would everybody still be best friends? But then do you think maybe some of these... Um, friendships would have soured at another point maybe in their life, right? At another milestone. I think it's hard to say it is. because, you know, what What other milestones are there? There's Where everybody's the, together like yeah, this. Like, my funeral. Yeah. Which, by the way, I hope everybody attends if something <laughs> happens to me. Yeah, it's either like wedding, funeral. Like, even if it becomes, if it's like a, you know, like a baby or like you have an addition to your family. Like, I, yeah. you know, it's a little, you don't have a, you know, it's, it's baby so party a baby party or, with like 500 yeah. of your closest friends yeah. like it's so unique i find you're yeah. right to have all these people from all stakes of your life of um, all paths of your life so far be together in one room yeah. and have to like put up a front and sometimes you show up and you put on like a brave face because it's you know being a good friend and sometimes you know shit happens yeah right so i guess the point of our of our talk today in our podcast was just how there's a lot of like life milestones that we're all going to be going through in the next like 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And a lot of times these like life milestones, they act as turning points. Um, they can help bring friends together and really solidify um, friendships. Or you know what? Maybe it's kind of like a signifier to say, I don't know if this person is really my friend. And that's okay. Right? So think about these like milestones in your life. Like we've went through university, we got married, a baby party with 500 people, who knows? Like, who knows what it is? And I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens as our current generation moves into, like, middle agehood, our 40s, our 50s, our 60s, and what future adult friendships are going to look like. So I'm going to close off and make you think about, think about people that you know who are in their 50s and 60s. It could be family, right? Mom, dad, aunts, uncles. And think about their friendship groups and just kind of like pause and be like, hey, is that going to be me when I'm older? And I think about that sometimes. Anyways, signing off. Thank you for listening. Yeah, and uh, we will go back to our, I think, our original topic uh, next time where we do go into a little bit more about the budgets and the costs. Because I things. still have no idea how much flowers cost. A lot, apparently. Yeah. And I don't know how much venues cost. But we will bring some numbers to you yes. time. And we'd like to share for all. So it's going to be kind of like a wedding for dummies version, I, think I guess. I think so. I think so. To talk about how much things actually cost. Because I think some people would like to know. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye. Talk to you later.